Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thank God It's Fiction, the podcast where I spend far too much time scouring the net for the worst, most uncomfortable fanfictions this world has to offer and read them to you for your entertainment. This podcast is intended for mature audiences and may contain strong language, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. The stories herein are read as written, and all credit goes to the author. There will be a link to the story we are reading in the show notes, should you be inclined to read it for yourself. Enjoy. Vade, we're we're back. We're doing this again. Back again, motherfucker. Back again for part three. Oof. Part three. Man. Five more chapters. Let's go. Unless unless these are like stupid long for some reason. Listen, who would have thought we'd make it to part three? Who would have thought? Yeah. Dude, I haven't lost interest yet. It's amazing. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Going to part three. (laughs) <laughs> it reminds me of that fucking know. video where someone uh, <laughs> someone up. edited it. Yeah, it's like, well, God, what is his fucking name? Uh, look at us. Look, look, look yeah. at how far we've come. Look at you us. You and me, buddy. Say it again. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> I love that fucking video. We're ready, for, we're ready for more shenanigans of Hermione. And Tom. What and Daisy and Mallet, a.k.a. Draco Malfoy. Draco. <laughs> that man's about to be upset. So, so uh she get down to the dirty of the, the previous episodes. The, re- the recap. Dude, oh, honestly, recap. I, I feel like it, not a whole lot happened over the course of five chapters last time, but like until the last two chapters. The last two chapters were packed full they of were shit. Like, they were like building it up. They were like slow jerking us. And then like I love that. You know what I mean? And then they fucking ramped it up the last few chapters. And we were just like busted everywhere. It was fucking Honestly, amazing. though, that's that's what you want. That's like, what you that's, want. That's the that's dream. dream. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, literally, that's, that's literally the dream right there. Um, so, so what, uh, so what happened? Last, you tell me. You tell me what happened. In the last bit, uh, we start with chapter six. And chapter six begins with just them, uh, Hermione and Malfoy, in their potions class. And that fucking they're just making a potion bitching at each other and then uh slughorn comes over and he's like wow this potion's amazing and like makes a big fucking spectacle Ooh, like, these two, yeah these two you don't make a potion like this without a strong foundation of trust and i remember me and you just started laughing <laughs> yeah not at all but then i think i said something like but there is kind of trust between the two yeah yeah because kind of expounded there is it's, it's, it's like it's like a it's like an inside internal trust like you don't want to admit it but it's you know what I mean? Like, you know, you vibe with someone, but you're like, fuck. But then you, you're just like, when you're around, it's like us, you know? We're just like, we vibe, like, fuck. I guess we just got to keep going now at this point. Like, there's no turning back. At first, at first we hate it's each other, late. then we love each other. And it's like, what do you do after that, you know? Yeah. How do you, yeah. how do you, how do you respond after that? That's like, dude, have you ever noticed, like, when two guys get in a fight, like, suddenly afterwards, they're, like, best friends? Dude. I've seen that happen so many times. And this is a little off course, but like all, I was thinking about this the other day, but all great relationships go through ad- adversity. Like, I feel like if you don't, 
it just like it's kind of it's kind of weak right oh like, and that like, was something that was something that we touched on in the last episode too whenever we were like oh yeah every you know how me personally every relationship i've ever had has started with me being knocked the fuck out by by a girl <laughs> i come to and i'm like oh yeah yeah i'm a dater <laughs> i mean that's a little bit of weird adversity i'm talking about just like you know what i mean just adversity in general arguments fights and then you get over it and then each time you like you like build a bridge it like gets stronger so that might happen with those two well that yeah. happened that happened in chapter seven whenever they were they were practicing the the segueing segue 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 back into the into the recap uh in chapter seven when malfoy is like telling hermione that she needs to learn the the oculumency and they have we have our little training montage uh and then after that Got the rocky they, music in the background yeah, and then after that, they get into that like small argument that suddenly turns into like a bonding moment with uh, Malfoy going soft on her and just like, please don't get involved with Riddle, uh, and then like thanks her afterwards. And Hermione's actually registering some some actual genuine emotion other than just annoyance out of Malfoy. And I think she it said something about Hermione thinking uh, suddenly the sound of her name on his lips was like the most adorable thing or something like that. Dude, she's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is say her name be a dick and then say her name and she's like oh yeah uh, <laughs> dude she's she's yeah she's a, like a dog in heat right now like, yeah she's ready yeah, to mate in Malfoy's words <laughs> a bitch in heat a bitch in heat fucking right. love, love Malfoy and then um, then we went to the what the defense against the dark art well he saw, he noticed she was a little bit advanced for her skill level. Yeah. He was like digging into that. He was like, you know, we're in this class together. We're the, we're the two top in our class. They want us to duel, basically. Uh, and, you know, he's like, that, that came on a show. In, yes. In chapter uh, eight was yeah, when we had the, we had the, the presentation the in the Defense Against the Dark Arts class where Hermione blasted riddle into a wall and like cracked his head open knocked him out and then immediately after they're like out in the hallway and they just start making out first they thought first the uh, daisy and had like those two had a moment where he was like being protective over her and he was mm -hmm. like she's like he's gonna kill me and he's like i won't let anything happen to you baby she's like okay and yeah. then then that's when he comes up and he's like blood probably gushing from his fucking head and you know he's like cool you know what i mean and then they like he's like can i have a moment and then boom fucking intense makeout sesh in the hallway yeah like two fucking like just teenage kids going at each other like mm -hmm. just going at each other like you, you know you remember those days back in the day you know you're just fucking just making out just to make out like on end like that's what that reminds me of. Little kids, like in the hallway at school. In the hallway, they're trying to hide. They're trying to be like hidden, but they're not hidden at all. So, yeah, and that was something know. they said too. And uh, we're like, no one needs to know about this. Whatever. Yeah, no one needs to know about this. Let's take it somewhere private. So somehow they end up in like. Hold on, hold on. We're, we're about to skip okay. a whole chapter with this. Okay. Uh, so later on, I think it was like a couple weeks later or something like that no no it was actually i feel like it was the same day uh same hermione day. hermione goes either. hermione goes back to uh her like her dorm the slytherin house whatever and uh right. sort of opens up to aurelia about the whole thing so aurelia could obviously see that you know hermione is feeling feeling love struck or you know whatever 
uh, and Hermione opens up to Aurelia and makes her promise not to tell anybody. And we have that good, that great medium of Aurelia kind of ends up telling uh, Hermione, you know, yes, it looks like Tom looks at you like he wants to eat you for lunch, but Dacian looks at you like he'll burn the world to save you or something like that. Um, yes. And Hermione's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Dacian doesn't doesn't care about me like that. We're not even friends. We're just colleagues, whatever. Uh, and kind of just rejects the whole idea for whatever reason. I like reason. Aurelia. She's like the she's like the like conscious almost. Yeah. And that, she's like the, the the truest bro we've we've seen. Yeah. She's like, you're gonna fuck him. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then she like <laughs> almost does, and she's like, told you, and she's like She's like, well, why do you look flush? She's like, I don't know. I just meet out for like two hours. Maybe that's why. She's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. But she keeps pointing out the stuff that like she's too stupid in the moment to realize. Yeah. Like everything sure. she's like not picking up on because she thinks she's smart and she, she is. But there's also things that she's not picking up on that she's doing or not. Maybe it's like she's smart. But she's like oblivious. Yeah. She's smart and oblivious, right? She's like, she's on this mission. But what mission is it at the Sunday? I gotta put. I always gotta put that in there because, like, yeah, because now she's like super off course. Like she's so far off course that she she's like she's she's questioning her mission. Yeah. And then going into chapter ten, we have uh, we've got this this fantastic moment where uh, Hermione and Malfoy are sitting at a at like the, in the mess hall or something. I think they said something about Dacian was eating. Uh, and then Tom comes up and basically says, hey, Hermione, we've got a project we need to be working on. This is, I think it was like two months later or something like that. Right. Uh, and so she, Hermione ends up going to the library. They're sitting at the edge of the restrict, a restricted section. Uh, and Tom ends up, pointing out that uh, the last Gable that went to Hogwarts was only like 10 years prior or something. So unless you had a time, unless they had a time turner to, to create their mm-hmm. offspring, there's no way you're a Gable. Uh, so he finds out that Hermione is uh, Muggleborn, uh, but right. isn't actually upset about it, despite everybody, you know, saying that he's a massive bigot, not to mention what he ends up doing in the future. Correct. And he opens up to her talking about the issue or the, the instance chambers. where, what was her name? What was the girl's name that Can't died when he opened name. the chamber of secrets? Did he even mention her name? <laughs> yeah. Or no, she knows who it is, but she, he didn't actually give he a name. I a girl, I think. I don't, did he say the actual? Yeah, but uh, Hermione knows who it is. Myrtle. That's, that's the name. Myrtle, yes. Uh, Hermione knows about it, but he doesn't get... Uh, uh, Riddle doesn't actually say the name. Actually, that could come up at some point. That would be freaky. Yeah. Um, so anyways, they end up... Uh, things get hot, start getting hot and heavy in the library, and then we're pretty sure that Malfoy is peeping, and that's kind of where we left off. I'm actually just going to go ahead and read the, the last... Uh, the last couple of lines here again from that last chapter, just to get us, just to get us right on track with where we need to go. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get in there. If she'd had even half her senses, she might have protested such a possessive statement. 
but she had none of them. Instead, she let the remaining ache of reality be chased away by his hands, by the clever sweep of his honeyed tongue, by the promise of oblivion. She was so lost in the moment that even the eyes glutted with tempestuous storms boring through her meant nothing at all. And that's where we left off you, at the end you, of chapter 10. You're the one who picked it. I thought, I didn't know that, that it might be somebody looking. So you're the one who picked up on that. But mm-hmm. I guess we're about to find out because I'm, uh, I'm ready to do the damn thing. So let's, uh, yeah, dude, let's jump in straight into enough, it. Huh? We did enough recapping. The people at home know what's going on. They know what they're here for. Yeah, we, we spent like 20 minutes for. recapping. <laughs> we spent like 15, whatever. No. Worth it. Yes. But now we know where we're, now we know where we're, where we're sitting. Now we know where we're sitting. We refreshed. We're ready to go. Now take us home. All right. Chapter 11. The brand of Tom's elegant fingers against her skin was still fresh still burning holes through every facet of her as Hermione collapsed against the wall beside the Slytherin portrait hole. They had never gone any further than hands skimming below clothing and tongues twining, but it felt as if he'd taken her, owned her body and soul in the most complete way possible. She didn't dare to imagine what it would feel like if they truly gave in to their basest desires. Would her mind still be hers by the time Tom Riddle had fully claimed her? Logically, it was insane to think sex could change her like that, but the effect Tom had on her was like nothing she'd ever encountered. Groaning, she ran a hand over her swollen lips and tried to think of something other than drowning in sapphire eyes. Whatever plan she'd had upon that tower was gone now. She knew she'd never be able to kill Tom. If she wasn't going to kill him, she had to save him. It was the only way to prevent the hell that was her past and his future from playing out. But that was no simple task. Killing him was easy. One spell, one poison, one unlucky moment, and the job was done. Turning him from his darker nature, whittling his ambition into something tenable, that was something else entirely. Hermione was no fool, despite her weakness for his dark seductions. She knew exactly how strong his yearning for power burned how determined he was to become the master of the other boys of even Dumbledore. Tom would not be satisfied with only Hermione as his prize. He would accept nothing short of the world. And so, she would have to give it to him. Give it to him in a way that didn't send horrors ricocheting through time and space, that left the ground unbloodied and fertile, not glut with bodies and sorrow. Okay, so this this is getting worse than I originally thought. Okay. Because we thought, yeah. like, okay, she's going to try to turn him, and now she's like, I can turn him, but, like, from uh, a dictator to, like, a uh, second-level dictator. Sub-dictator. Sub-dictator. You know, a, a, more, a more acceptable dictator, you know? Just not that but unacceptable. Whatever. Go on. I'm already pissed. Good, good. But how? How could she save the world and Tom? Another groan escaped her lips. Her mind was spinning in circles, chaos threatening to drive away the last of her sanity. A warm hand on her shoulder had her startling, a wave of nausea rolling through her as she looked up into stormy eyes. We need to talk. Hermione wanted to run, to turn away from Malfoy and keep moving until her legs gave out, until she was far away from this place, until she could rest. 
but instead she nodded and let him take her hand and lead her up the stairs and into their hidden sanctuary. Malfoy's hand slipped away from hers as he faced her in front of the grand fireplace the Room of Requirement had conjured for them. Fine midnight strands fell across the pale plains of his skin, the firelight making the angle of his cheekbones more severe, the pout of his lips more sensual. But it was his eyes that she could not look away from. The emotion in their stormy depths was more than she could handle, enough to make her stomach roil and her throat parch. Her breath was caught in her lungs, held captive by the accusation and betrayal pouring out of those broken eyes. He didn't move to speak or even blink. The only motion was the tick of his jaw in rhythm with the flutter of her pulse. Seconds dragged into minutes as he simply stared at her. The heat that Tom had evoked was vanquished by that stare, leaving only an empty chill running through her veins. Her teeth worried her bottom lip, her hands twisted, her knees knocked, and yet still he stared. She couldn't stand it, couldn't stand the horrible truth behind his eyes, the bone-chilling knowledge that this was her fault. After a log cracked in the fire for the hundredth time, she yielded, taking a tentative step into the space between them. I didn't mean to. His eyes only became harder, his jaw tighter. And what exactly did you mean to do, Hermione Granger? I... There was no defense for her choices. She'd been selfish, and still, she didn't regret it. Tom satisfied her, eased the aches of her fractured soul so completely she almost felt whole again. Malfoy wasn't a friend. He shouldn't matter to her at all. She hadn't asked him to come with her. He was nothing but a complication. Her chest tightened, her denials hollow. She didn't want him to matter, but if he didn't, shame wouldn't be creeping beneath her skin, burning like embers beneath his penetrating stare. Yet another truth she'd buried deep, lost in her escape from suffering. She looked up at the man before her, truly looked for the first time since they'd tumbled into this precarious place. Beyond disgust and accusation, the burning knowledge of her betrayal, he looked haggard, tired in a world-weary way that only infinite suffering could evoke. His skin was ashen, his mesmerizing eyes sunken and shadowed. He was healthier than when they'd arrived, his shoulders broader and his cheeks less shallow, but no less the haunted. The war had taken everyone and everything from her. Was it possible it had taken an equal share from him? She'd assumed his status as an elite Death Eater would have spared him certain scars, but now she wasn't sure. He'd been protecting his mind against Voldemort, so he'd had something to hide, something to lose. Hermione swallowed, finally looking away. I'm sorry. Sorry, he spit the word, venom coating his tongue. You promised me. What does my promise matter to you? The truth of her broken word was beside the point now. He swallowed, smothering whatever retort was on the tip of his tongue. His stare raked over her, flaying her open with its frostbitten edges. I suppose my word means little to you, so why should yours mean anything to me? She could see his jaw clench, the muscles spasming. Fine, but you owed me the truth. You've been with him for weeks now, and it takes me confronting you before you're willing to admit what you've done, the risk you've put both of us at. Did you even consider how this would affect me? 
It would have been better if he'd struck her, if he'd shown an inkling of the violence lurking beneath his skin, but he just kept looking at her, a cold and quiet anger behind hard eyes. She wished desperately she could be sorry, that she could regret Tom's lips upon her own, but she couldn't. No matter how well she understood the danger she'd placed Malfoy in without his consent, she couldn't. Why should I care, Malfoy? Why am I even apologizing to you? It was easier to cover the shame with anger than to admit just how callous her choices had become. You and I aren't friends. You hate me. I understand I'm useful to you, but I know a day will come when I'm not needed, when you'll turn against me. So what do I owe you? Nothing. He turned pointedly away from her. She watched him carefully across the room to settle to the far side of the love seat. He arranged his left leg out in front of him, bringing his foot to rest on an ottoman. Mafoy took a shuddering breath, and when he returned to face her again, the brittle anger was gone, replaced by a weariness that tore into her. I don't have anything left, Granger, even before we traveled back here. It's the reason I came along. There was nothing for me there, only torture and death. So I leapt, quite literally, at the chance for something else. I didn't care where you were going, only that it wouldn't be that anymore. His voice was even, but barely audible above the quiet crackle of the fire. Her anger disintegrated, the shame rearing up, ripping her flustered excuses to shreds. She cautiously closed the distance between them, settling at the opposite end of the love seat. You didn't want to be a Death Eater. No, but I think you knew that. He murmured, his eyes locking with hers. Where there'd been accusation, only sorrow remained. Her thoughts tangled, her memories of his atrocities during the war a stark contrast to the man sitting beside her. But you killed. So did you. He was right. It wasn't the killing that made him so feared, so high on the order's kill-not-capture list. You tortured people, Malfoy. You tortured them until they were so broken there was nothing left of their minds or their bodies. You broke them beyond the need for information. What you did, it's not human. She hadn't thought about it. I had refused to let the memories of his victims cross her mind since he'd threatened her at the top of the tower. She'd put it all aside for the mission, for her sanity. But now the truth was filtering through like water through sand impossible to ignore. How could he be angry with her, hurt by her, when he wasn't even remotely human, when there was no way he could possibly feel what his face showed? I did what I had to, to survive. His teeth ground audibly in the quiet room. Do you think I wanted to do that? That it was my choice to destroy people from the inside out? Do you think I'm just another Bellatrix Lestrange? Three months ago, she would have said yes. Now? Now she wasn't sure. I don't know. You know me, Hermione. Her first name on his lips was a shock, but it sounded natural, like he'd always called her that. She shook her head, focused swinging away from those eyes that said impossible things, that cracked her in ways she was utterly unprepared to mend. I don't know you at all, Malfoy. All I know is that you haven't chosen to hurt me since we've arrived. You've kept my secret, but that's it. I don't know anything else. I would never hurt you, he insisted, voice a raspy plea. 
How in the world would I know that? She cried, hands ringing. Everything I've heard, it's not the entire truth. Malfoy snapped, his leg falling from its perch as he lurched towards her. His wince at the motion was barely visible as his face hovered mere centimeters from hers, but there was no hiding the flash of pain from her. Maybe she did know him better than she'd allowed herself to believe. She leaned away from his desperation. There were witnesses, Malfoy. You destroyed people for sport. For sport? He scoffed, hot breath searing across her cheeks. There are things you don't know, Granger. Things you will never understand. Things you should be bloody well grateful that you will never know. Malfoy was too close now, assaulting her senses and twisting her heart into unfamiliar knots. She put up a hand to push him away, but instead it froze the moment it settled over his frantically beating heart, the warmth of his chest melting into her chilled skin. Then explain to me. I can't. He confessed, turning away from her in a sudden motion that left her feeling achingly bereft. Hermione sighed, slumping back against the couch. She wasn't about to volunteer any information about her experiences to anyone either. Tom had never pried beyond the most tangential questions, had gone out of his way to allow her the space she needed, giving her the ability to avoid any true memories. She might have lived through the hell, but the memories weren't something she could face. They were a blur of things that had stolen every last piece of her, and no matter what, she would not let them come to, into focus. It would be too much, and there was still work to be done before she could shatter to pieces and finally be free. But did she believe Malfoy? Was there more to this story than the list of atrocities she'd heard? Was he as damaged as Hermione? Perhaps even more so. Her gaze dropped to his leg. He hit it well enough, but she knew he favored it, knew he couldn't stand for extended periods of time, knew that there was suffering behind those stormy eyes that even she could not understand. So was it any leap to believe that his cruelties were not as they seemed? Or was he simply a consummate actor? Hold on, before we go on, mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good stopping point before we get back. So, this right here, this whole dialogue between those two, like actually like breaking down the walls of like we talked a lot about Mount. We speculated a lot at the beginning. I don't remember all we said. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember saying we said something about like that he also has gone through a lot. And he's that he didn't maybe he didn't want to be like the, the leader of the Death Eaters and that's just kinda how it was meant drawn out for him in the playbook and like that's just how the cards fell for him, right? That was just how right. things were. And that there maybe was something behind that, that, that you know, that, uh, that she could understand. Mm -hmm. And not just like, that's my enemy. Because they're like two, they're cut from the same cloth almost. They're like two, they're similar. They both were fighting with, with whatever they were fighting for. And the fact that now they're actually having this conversation, but they're having it after something happens, that's always how it works out. Like, it's not before something happens, it's always like when something happens. And right. now Malfoy is like breaking down almost. Like he's like almost breaking down and being like, like maybe I have feelings for you. <laughs> when you get caught, like maybe. Yeah. Uh, possibly. But um, I don't know. What, uh, what do you think about this conversation so far? I feel like this was a conversation that they should have had a long time ago. Like whenever yeah, the whole this fucking like bonding shit first fucking started. Like this was just. It's poor timing. I understand it was brought about by what's going on, but like, 
especially considering they were like partners in this whole thing, like this was a conversation that needed to happen a long time ago. And that other people were either seeing trust, whether it be in their, their work, their schoolwork, or Aurelia. People have, have seen this, or Tom even was like, are you guys dating? Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So, ha, it's this, this fucking love triangle is about the star, dude. So, let's just uh, uh, dude, get into I, this triangle. I'm wondering how this whole conversation is going to end. Like, It's going to end on a cliffhanger, so to speak. It's kind of... Yeah, I don't know. To me, I feel like this whole thing, like with him, like getting really close to her and stuff, and she's like, her heart is like getting all twisted up and whatnot. I'm like, is this whole fucking conversation gonna end with like some shit going down? Think she's gonna cave? I mean, it kind of seems like it. I mean, there's only one way to find out, but I mean, I think so. She might. She might. That's why I said this love triangle. I don't know what kind it's of triangle it's gonna finally, be. Is Hermione finally gonna get laid after many months of of not? Because I mean, didn't like, she, she already she, get laid? Oh, this woman. No, no, no. They didn't. That's what it was just saying. Was like uh, at the top of the chapter when it was like uh, they hadn't gone any farther than just like hands below the belt, and she was worried about like uh, what would happen if they did sleep together. Mm, okay. Either way, either way, this bitch is down bad. Like this bitch needs something. <laughs> it's like everybody after COVID, man, trying to yeah. get whatever they take. Yeah. All right, let's go. She stared at his turned back, gaze roaming over his hunched shoulders and bowed head. They'd found a way to put the dye mixture in his shampoo so that his hair was midnight as ever, foreign and familiar now. Her hand hovered over his shoulder for a long moment before dropping to rest there. My voice stiffened immediately but didn't pull away from her touch. I truly didn't mean to endanger you. Tom just happened. He's going to hurt you. I know. Then why? His gaze swung over his shoulder, eyes dull. There was nothing left but to be honest. He makes me forget. Mafoy held her gaze, his jaw working silently before he nodded. I can understand the appeal of forgetting. But this isn't worth it, Granger. Riddle is dangerous. You came here to kill him for Merlin's sake. He hasn't tried to get in my head since we've been... She couldn't call it dating, and snogging seemed too simplistic. Together. That you know of, Matfoy countered, shifting fully to face her. Her hand was still on his shoulder, but she couldn't bring herself to remove it. Riddle is smarter than either of us, Granger. He's clever, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to meet his ends. That includes using you. Her teeth dug into her bottom lip, stemming the urge to defend Tom. Mafoy was right. Tom might be giving her exactly what she needed, but it would be naive to think that he wasn't getting something out of it too. I'm being careful. I sincerely hope you're talking about your mind and not... He trailed off, color chasing across his worn features. Malfoy, she hissed, cheeks warm. I mean, I hope you're being careful in that respect, too, he admitted, searching her face. We haven't, but I know how to take care of myself. Oh? He licked his lips, focused suddenly everywhere but her face. I just assumed, because of your relationship with Potter, that I'm some kind of slag. She didn't know whether to be amused or annoyed by his conjecture. 
It was rude of him to assume she'd slept with Tom, but Malfoy had been front and center in plenty of her more lucid memories. She'd settled for watching him squirm under her disapproving glare. He startled her when he shook his head vehemently, midnight strands falling across his wide eyes. Merlin, no, I would never think that. Finding sexual satisfaction with a consenting partner does not make you or anyone else a whore, ever. Okay, then. She had no idea what to say in response to his passionate retort, especially considering the insults she distinctly remembered. The hand on his shoulder was suddenly too hot, and she snatched it back, ignoring the hurt that flashed through wintry eyes. I guess that's settled, then. That is very far from settled, but there is likely nothing I can do to persuade you to alter your course, he sighed, moving away from her. I can only ask that you explain to me what our new plan will be. Lover or not, I no longer see you killing Riddle. The room was suddenly frigid, despite the fire mere meters away. I don't know. He put his leg back on the ottoman. Yes, you do. I want to save him. It sounded ridiculous out loud. Far more absurd than it had in her head, or even the first time she'd suggested it in this very room. Malfoy just nodded as if he'd been expecting the words. And perhaps he had. He seemed to understand her. Not in every respect, but in more ways than she was comfortable admitting. It won't work. He told me about killing Myrtle. Hermione wasn't sure what his confession actually meant, but it seemed important Malfoy understand how much Tom trusted her. A tragic accident, I'm sure. Bitter eyes rolled as he shook his head. Don't fall for such flowerworm snot, Granger. She thought about sharing that Tom knew about her blood status, but the words wouldn't quite form on her tongue. She might be willing to admit Malfoy wasn't the monster he seemed, but... Delving into blood status with him seemed a poor choice. Instead, she replied, He seemed sincere, Malfoy. He didn't have to share anything with me, but he chose to. All the better to lure you into trusting him, Malfoy countered, eyes narrowing. If you're going to do this, Granger, and I really think you shouldn't, you're going to have to assume the worst of him, both to protect yourself and to prevent any of his nefarious plans from coming to fruition. But, no. He stared her down, suddenly all dangerous edges and flashing eyes. This is still war, Hermione. Do not mistake it for anything else. Her heart constricted as she finally nodded. Fine. They found no solution, no sure way to sway Tom into the light, but they kept trying, talking until the small window glowed and dawn was upon them. Only then did they seize, leaving separately, neither quite ready to face the day ahead. Panger, what I tell you? Yeah, because I because like this conversation, there was no end to this conversation, right? No, he was really like wasn't. he was confronting her kind of in a way. She was like, yeah, and then he was like, this is why you shouldn't do it. She was like, yeah, I can handle myself again. She keeps saying that, but like, it is. Well, it sounds ridiculous that. For once, I thought he was manipulating her anyway during that whole conversation, and then he even used, like, your mind, like, the possessive tense of a word, like, a possessive Yeah, way. you pointed that out in the last episode, And that's, too. that's, that's very scary to see that, because that shows, like, you know, he's trying to possess her in a way. Mm-hmm. And this is almost like, almost like, almost like a dad talking to her in a way, too. Like, this is war, like, you gotta remind him where you are. Um, you're trying to turn this man. He's literally going to use you. 
right? So, right. Um, I think it was. I think it was a really good chapter because I think we needed this. I think we need more of them two getting to know each other than than them being just like allies but not allies. Yeah, so, and that was kind of my take on this chapter. Yeah, I what mean, do you think about it? Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. There's really no end. Like, there's no end to that conversation until Hermione can make up her mind. It's like, but she's stuck in this this whole place, right? Where she's like, right. oh, I know this is a terrible idea, but mm-hmm. I can't stop myself. Until she chooses one side of that, of this is a bad idea, or nah, I'm not going to stop. There's no end to that conversation. Oh. It's just It's just them talking in circles and yeah. That's why he probably didn't even add the rest of the conversation because they just talked and then they just left. Yeah, so, just... so the author's like, ah, yeah, I don't need to go through uh, six hours of conversation here. Of them being awkward to each other and being like, oh, maybe, um, I don't know. True. I think she's in trouble. I think she's well, in yeah. deep trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't just say that because, like, just from seeing the patterns of her, I don't, I don't know. I think this is this ending might be worse than we thought. Might be it might be a uh, maybe even what you thought, but like worse. Where they like take actually take over, mm-hmm. like some Bonnie and Clyde shit. But like they're at, but she's actually like in love with him. So like, I guess that is Bonnie and Clyde. But like, I don't know. I I uh, I'm a little angry at her. So. Yeah, I feel like this I really whole story don't have much to say. Be, it's just gonna be I'm mad at Hermione, fucking all the time. I'm not even in this in the story, and I'm mad at her. Like, <laughs> I'm mad just listening to the story and being I'm, like, "Oh, she's hmm. being she's being so dumb about everything that she's doing." Like, bro, either either fall to the dark side or put a stop to it. All right, let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Do you think he could change? Like, do you think so? Do you think he she could change it? At all, at one <sighs> one bit. I'm not talking a full change. What I'm that, talking what like that question boils down to is what that question boils down to though is is Tom manipulating her because it that whether he can change or not really hinges on the fact of do you believe the things he's saying or do you think Malfoy's right and this is just a manipulation tactic to get into her head. I think it's manipulation. Because if he's if he's being manipulative about the whole thing, then no, there's no chance in in him changing. But if he was genuine in like his confessions to her about uh, Myrtle and about how he doesn't care about the blood status, then yeah, potentially. Personally, I have no idea. Like I'm trying to figure it out. Because whenever I was reading it, like I'm like, yeah, like it sounds like he's genuine, and that's where my whole take about like this being the beginning of the war uh, came from. But if it's a manipulation thing, then then no, yeah, the war is going to happen either way, and this is just him, you know, playing his cards. I agree. So I, agree. I don't really know about like I don't really know which way this is going because I can see both sides of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see but I I do think he manipulating her. Hundred percent. I think he does like her. But I also think he's manipulating her for the cause. Uh-huh. Like he act because he he respects her in a sense because she's so powerful, and he sees that power and he's attracted to the power, like actually attracted to power, like he's attracted to other powers that he was trying to accomplish. Right. So mm-hmm. that 
So that's genuine that he's attracted to that power. But the fact that he's attracted to power in general is the problem. Yeah. So it's like it's like a genuine persuasion. He's like, she's really powerful. If me and her were together, I could probably do double or triple what I think I can do by myself type thing. Yeah. So, I think it's a little bit of both, but it's not for a good reason. So, um, I don't know. Hopefully, we see more of the the Malfoy dynamic with those two before we end this this section. But chapter twelve. Hermione concentrated on the steps of the waltz, the enchanted snowflakes shimmering in the air as Malfoy twirled her around the great hall, transformed from dining room to winter ballroom. Her palm was sticky against his his arm burning a hole through the thin fabric of her ruby gown on her lower back, but Hermione pushed the ghosts of butterflies back into oblivion. One, two, three, one, two, three. Just the movement of their feet, not the way the crystalline flakes settled enchantingly in his dark locks or kissed his lashes. She might be on speaking terms with him again, but such reactions had no place in the chaos of her brain. He leveled a sour expression at her as they rounded the dance floor. Remind me again why I'm your date to this. Riddle is staring at me like he'll be putting me under the cruciatus in seconds. This was his idea. He's not going to torture you for doing what he wanted. You'd be surprised, Malfoy bit back, glancing warily over her shoulder. Hermione sighed, adjusting her grip on his shoulder, the muscle taut beneath her slim fingers. Relax. Tom simply wants to avoid unwanted attention from the members of his group. Having a girlfriend doesn't fit into his plans for school domination yet, so you get the pleasure of being my date in public. And he trusts me with this information. Why? He isn't the least bit worried I'll steal his girlfriend. Hmm? His tone was utterly neutral as he spoke. But his Hell focus... no, he ain't worried. No, he's not Sorry. at all. <laughs> Hell no, he ain't worried. He's telling that girl. You think he's worried about Dacian? Okay. Good luck, brother. <laughs> his tone was utterly neutral as he spoke, but his focus skittered away from her face, suddenly fascinated by the snow falling above them. She let out a snort that was entirely unladylike, but impossible to contain. I was under the impression you'd rather be burned at the stake multiple times than do something so vile as kiss me. Regardless, Tom doesn't think seem to think you're a threat to him in this regard anyway. Tempestuous eyes snapped to hers. Rather be burned at the stake. Really? From the time we were children, you've made it perfectly clear you're not interested in me that way. Ever. I doubt anything has changed. His mouth pursed, full lips turning down. Hermione looked away before he caught her staring and locked gazes with Aurelia Greengrass, who was watching them from an alcove. It took all of Hermione's self-control not to flinch. She hadn't had a proper conversation with Aurelia since the night Hermione had insisted Malfoy couldn't possibly care about her. They'd spoken plenty, the necessity of being both housemates and roommates, but nothing of substance. Aurelia's glare spoke volumes now as her eyes flicked to Malfoy and then back to Hermione. For reasons that Hermione couldn't entirely fathom, Tom had insisted on keeping their relationship clandestine despite Malfoy knowing. He'd said something about his followers not being ready for a woman to supplant them, and that Hermione was simply too intimidating at present. She didn't believe a word of it, but the added benefit of hiding the relationship from Dumbledore had her following Tom's lead despite the dirty looks from both Aurelia and Malfoy when they thought she wasn't looking. 
Malfoy still thought she was one lip lock away from signing their death warrant, and Aurelia, well, Aurelia was angry and Hermione hadn't figured out how to apologize without explaining truths best left unshared. It was one thing to imply things about her, and, and another thing entirely to explain just how much pain existed between her and Malfoy. They might be civil now, perhaps almost friends, but nothing could take away his cruelty. The way he'd made her feel like she didn't belong in this world. And the war years. How could she ever tell Aurelia what it felt like to take a life? How it split you and those fissures just kept fracturing until you were more ruined than whole. How could she tell her that Hermione had lost more days than not? The abyss that was her mind rebelling at the shadows that coalesced just beyond her control. The memories she could not recall, but could feel deep in her bones. How could she tell her that only physical pleasure made the ache of darkness fade, driving her to pursue the feel of flesh against hers beyond reason? How could she tell her that the boy with the midnight hair and stormy eyes, the boy she was so sure cared for Hermione, was a monster? capable of the foulest magics, ruthless in the pursuit of pain. Then there was Tom, the boy Aurelia knew was trouble, and yet she didn't know the half of it, and Hermione knew better than share a truth of his destiny. That, at least, was not written in the stars. Her past and Malfoy's might be history, its imprint impossible to erase, but Tom's horrors had yet to come. She had thrown out all other options the minute their lips met, and now there was nothing left to do but save the boy who gave her the release her troubled soul craved. Hermione. Malfoy sounded concerned, and Hermione realized she'd been absently staring into space and had missed whatever he'd just said. She shook her head, elaborate coiffures swaying gently at the movement. I'm sorry, what? His teeth worried his bottom lip a look in his stormy eyes she couldn't quite identify. I don't find you repulsive. She missed a step, stumbling into him. His chest was hot against her palms, his fingers burning trails of fire down her arms as he righted her. But I said a lot of idiotic things when I was a child. I'd thank you to forget them as best you can. They were back in proper waltz hold. but Hermione's breath was still caught somewhere in her chest, trapped by the rapid tattoo of her heart. Malfoy didn't seem to notice as he continued. I think you know me well enough by now to know that I'm not that ignorant schoolboy anymore. No, he was much worse than that boy. The boy who had been pathetic and hurtful, but insubstantial. The man before her was a war criminal. She caught a glimpse of Tom's heated stare over Malfoy's shoulder, the smirk on his lips nearly enough to make her stumble again. The irony was not lost on her that in this reality... Malfoy was the more heinous of the two. Tom had accidentally murdered Myrtle, but that was it. What he could be was nothing but a possibility. Hermione sighed, focusing back on those solemn eyes drowning in a desperate emotion that she couldn't fully grasp. I know that. I just thought you'd be even more adverse to me than ever, especially after all the things you... did. He growled low and dangerous. I told you what you've heard isn't the entire truth. And you've refused to set the record straight, Malfoy, she hissed, risking the use of his proper name. The pain splayed across his features was impossible to miss, different from the usual grimace his leg evoked. It was gone an instant later, his expression glacially calm. 
There are some things best left undisturbed, Granger. Then you can hardly fault me for reaching erroneous conclusions if you won't provide me the necessary information. Fine. He didn't say another word, and Hermione wasn't inclined to speak either. They were spared the painful silence mere minutes later when Dumbledore tapped gently on Malfoy's shoulder. Might you share a dance with an old man, Miss Gable? The professor's usually twinkling eyes were sharper, cutting in a way that made Hermione's blood chill. Malfoy's eyes were narrowed, fleeting unease contorting his angular features before he reined in the reaction. At the time Dumbledore's discerning gaze turned to him, he was the picture of composure, bland smile and vacant stare in place. He nodded at the older man, but didn't speak it. It took Hermione a moment to realize he was deferring to her. Dumbledore stared down at her expectantly, and it became clear she had only one true option, especially with Malfoy bowing out of the exchange. Of course, Professor. Malfoy melted into the crowd as Dumbledore shifted to take his place. The professor was shorter and slighter, but his grip was firm as he began to lead her through a foxtrot. Hermione kept her gaze firmly rooted on his right ear, noting the odd stares of the other students as they cut through the throng of dancers. I imagine it's rather uncommon to find you on the dance floor, professor, she commented. A wistful smile gripped his thin lips for a moment. These days, certainly, but as a younger man, I had quite the passion for the ballroom. My sister was fond of dancing, and I was fond of her. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was just going to keep going and hope it uh, explained that. Dumbledore, I'm sure it will, but that was just too good to pass. That was just, yeah, phrasing? Phrasing, please? I'm sure he meant he loved her as a sister, and they shared a passion together to dance. Okay. Calm down, I know, I know. I'm, I'm relaxed. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm sorry. It's a joke. All right. A lump threatened to lodge in her throat. Ariana. Dumbledore was talking about Ariana. She knew the barest of bones, the story, only what Harry had deemed necessary to share. The Dumbledore of her time would certainly never have mentioned his deceased sister, but this version was softer, less jaded, easier to mislead, more prone to sentiment. Hermione's stomach churned at the thought the reality of her deception was hitting like a reducto to the gut. But enough about me, Dumbledore continued, eyes narrowing beneath half-moon spectacles. How are you? I have noticed a great deal of interaction between you and the young Mr. Riddle. Oh? Hermione hmm? couldn't be sure what exactly he knew, and she wasn't about to admit one scrap of information more than she needed to. He stared silently at her for a long moment. Are you safe, Hermione? You would tell me if you were in trouble with Mr. Riddle, wouldn't you? Hermione masked the breath of relief that rushed into her lungs as best she could. If he was concerned for her safety, then clearly he did not know the full extent of her relationship with Tom. We've been paired on several assignments and have worked well together. That doesn't mean the plan has been altered. What a lie that was. She kept her focus beyond the professor's face, beyond the deception. And good she did, for a moment later, the, the telltale sign of a headache pounded at her temples. She wasn't sure whether to be concerned or not by the attempted invasion of her thoughts. She'd left her mind an open book for Dumbledore upon the arrival, but that didn't mean she'd intended to give him an all-access pass to her head. 
Once again, she was thankful for the occlumency training Malfoy had forced on her. Dumbledore might have cracked the door, but all he could access were the memories of her time with Tom in classes, none of which included any hint of the depths of their entanglement. If you're sure you're safe... He frowned down at her, his spectacles shifting on his nose. I am. She said the word slowly, casually, a hint of a smile at her lips. I promise I'll let you know the second I'm not. Be careful, Miss Gable. Dumbledore replied before guiding them to the edge of the dance floor and letting her hand fall from his. Okay, can I just point something out here? Did you, did you realize what she said to her? What she said to him? What? That doesn't mean the plan has been altered. Yeah. It's almost like a, co- like a code to him, because she's read her mind before, right? Well, yeah, okay. yeah, he read her mind. He knows that she's here to kill Tom Riddle. Right. So it's like they were spe- he was speaking in code to her. Like, yeah, the plan's still on. But... Okay, yeah, I mean, that just proves that he knows... Yeah, he knows everything. Yes, since the beginning. Like he didn't, he didn't think like he didn't know a little bit about the plans. He knew literally everything. Yeah. See, in the first episode, with me having been drunk and you weren't feeling great, like neither of us really had our minds at one hundred percent capacity. Dude, the story made perfect sense, and it was very obvious that he had read her mind. We were just too dumb at the time to realize it. Uh, But yeah, that was was the "I'm an open book" statement. Whenever Malfoy yeah. was like, how much do you know? And she was like, everything. I was a bloody open book. Uh, oh. Like, she, yes, Dumbledore, Dumbledore knows exactly what, what's going on here. And so he's keeping a watch alive. Yeah, and this is Hermione being like, yeah, like, everything's fine. He and I have been paired together on some assignments. But, you know, the plan hasn't changed. And just using the occulency to let him know. To hide him. Less. Less. Yeah, to, to, to shield the fact that the plan has definitely changed. The, the fact that he was playing the damn finger piano down there, playing goddamn a composition with his fingers. <laughs> um, but he may, he's probably going to find out. Yeah. Unless he gets stronger, then nobody will find out. We'll see. But I, I just, I know, I, I, had to, I had to, you know, connect the two and let people know that we're not stupid most of the time. At oh, we're definitely stupid, but that doesn't mean that we yeah. don't understand what's going on here now. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate it, though. We love you. <laughs> if you're out there listening, I love you. Yeah. Hermione watched him go, waiting until he was obscured by the dancing masses to turn away, chest suddenly heavy. She'd barely taken a steadying breath when familiar fingers laced through hers and a deep baritone murmured against her ear. I think we've put in enough time to keep up appearances, don't you think, precious? She could hear the dark amusement in Tom's sensual murmur. His lips ghosted across the skin at the nape of her neck, and it was all she could do to not wantonly moan in public. My precious. My precious! (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing more sexy than that, boy, let me tell you. (laughs) Mal. Her voice was a husky rasp when she finally had the control of reply. 
Yes, definitely. She was done trying to understand Malfoy's mercurial moods and hiding from Dumbledore's keen stare. The oblivion that Tom's lips would bring was exactly what she craved. Tom's smirk was wicked in all the right ways as he pulled her away from the masses and into the chill of the dungeons. They didn't make it to the portrait hole before his hands were in her hair, ruining the elaborate chingon in mere seconds. His lips were everywhere, burning across her skin, inciting her breathing to a fever pitch. When he finally captured her mouth with his, she was putty in his hands, her body chasing every sensation he evoked with wanton abandon. They stumbled through the portrait hole, one of them managing a breathy whisper of the password. The stays on her dress were half undone, his fingers deft and full of promise against the flushed skin of her back. The moment they were in Tom's room, his dress robes were on the ground, Hermione's fingers tugging frantically at the buttons of his white dress shirt as she tore the emerald tie from around his neck. Their rapid pants filled the still air as his fingers continued their work on her dress. She undid his last infuriating button the same moment her dress cascaded to the floor. His hands were on her hips before she could even register the smooth expanse of his exposed skin, the hard lines of muscles shifting as he gripped her tightly. Hermione vaguely noted that he was stronger than she'd imagined, chiseled in ways only men who truly use their bodies could be. She didn't have time to dwell on Tom's physique as his hands slipped from her hips to her thighs. She gasped as he easily lifted her, her throbbing core colliding with the press of his desire as she wrapped her legs around his lithe waist. He groaned, head falling forward to rest on her shoulder, tussled black waves easing her sensitive skin. His tongue was hot against her neck a moment later as her back connected with the door, driving them closer together. This time it was Hermione moaning, pleading for more in those desperate gasps. She could feel Tom smile against her neck, feel the not-so-subtle thrust of his pelvis against hers. Tell me what you want, precious. A younger Hermione would have stumbled. <laughs> I, I hear that small little chuckle from you, and I can't fucking keep my composure. <laughs> Can Danny give it to me? Please. Now I'm just picturing Gollum. 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 You know, I mean, she's about to fucking. This is turning into Fifty Shades of Hermione Granger. You know what I'm saying? Fifty Shades of Smeagol, bitch. He finally got it. He finally got in those chamber of secrets. Finally, Jesus. Oh my god. He's about to get, oh, here, it, it, gets, it gets, oh, come on now. I'm trying so hard <laughs> to, to, stay, to, to stay in narrator mode during this. <laughs> you just hear, aww. <laughs> my god, man, if you start making sound effects, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, shit, I was going to take us two hours to even get through this chapter. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sweaty one. I'm sweating. I mean, I was already sweating before, but now, yeah, dude, I'm glad I turned the AC on in here. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, all right, shit. all right. Deep breath. <laughs> Tell me what you want. Or is, no, that was the guy. I was him. 
Tell me what you want, precious. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Precious killed me at the end. Okay, okay. And scene and cut. All right, we're done. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm scene. not reading that line again. No, you are. I'm not. <laughs> I refuse. Okay. okay, don't do it then. Just continue. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that. I'm I'm serious. I'm in it. We're good. Whew, okay. Okay. All right. Fucking fucking mute yourself. I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be cracking up in the background while you're reading this book right now. All right. All right. We're good. I'm not ten years old. I'm not ten years old. I'm not ten years old. Right. Okay. Right. Not Keep telling yourself that. I'm just like Hermione, you know? I tell myself lies all the time, so fuck it. A younger Hermione would have stumbled over the words, perhaps even blushed. She was no longer a child, and sex was not as precious as it had once been. Fuck me, Tom. If he was surprised by her crude language or the sudden escalation of physicality between them, he didn't show it. Instead, those dark eyes transformed to liquid sapphire as he stared down at her. The door was still pressed against her back. He kept her balance between him and the solid wood as one hand made quick work of his belt and remaining clothing. He didn't bother to step out of the trousers that pooled at his ankles. With an inquisitive grin, Tom tore her knickers away and her money trembled a wave of unadulterated need coursing through every facet of her. Another moan tumbled from her lips as he chuckled, the vibrations of it resonating through her, building her craving to unprecedented levels. Whatever she might have experienced before was a pale specter to what was thrumming through her now. She could focus on nothing else but the hunger, the ravenous call of his flesh against hers. One second he was tasting her lips again, devouring her breathy moans, and the next he was staring into her eyes, buried to the hilt within her, her walls clenching around him. There was a moment of discomfort, and then there was only liquid pleasure as he moved. He shifted his grasp on her, slowly changing angles until she cried out in an abrupt burst of pleasure. His sapphire eyes melted into her as his full lips twitched in satisfaction. Hermione's nails dug into his shoulders, clawing an undiluted ecstasy as he proceeded to hit the mark again and again. She was screaming in earnest now, unable to keep the response to his forceful ministrations muted. She was screaming, and she didn't care one bit who heard them. She was lost, pleasure a sinful oblivion to which she'd willingly surrendered. Tom's lips were back on hers, perhaps to swallow her unfettered cries but she hardly felt them compared to the hot fire building where he drove into her, relentless and fulfilling. When she shattered, muscles desperately gripping him, nails drawing blood and throat hoarse with a silent scream, he caught her, held her until the trembling abated. Then he did it again, only allowing himself to follow when she was spent, limp in his arms, atop the bed they'd collapsed upon when their positions against the door and atop the desk required too much strength to maintain. Damn, he's dicking her down proper. Holy shit. She needed it, man. She was, she Bro, was and they down started on bad that. as fuck. 
name started over there. This, this, she's got like it sounds like multiple start, orgasms. Start on the, start on the door. We move to the desk. We move to the floor. We move to the bed. Like, and at that point, <laughs> they're like, "Yo, we're still we're kind of tired, but we're kind of ready to do it on the bed now. Like we're trying to we're right. it's time to be vanilla." But uh, damn. Oh fuck! Just, here we are, dude. It only took twelve goddamn chapters. And a couple finger bangs, you know what I mean? And like <laughs> a couple, couple mouth swallows and finger bangs, and here we are. And he's giving her the, the pipe, and now she's hooked. That's, yep, that's now it's too literally late. Now, there, now there is no shot she kills this man. None. Now it's just we get to see what happens. But this is uh, if this isn't making you uh hot and sweaty right now, I don't know what will. This is this is prime time. Right here, so. <laughs> We finally you know, made it to the late night hours. Fresh. Show. Finally, finally, you know. Three episodes and almost five hours later. If you have kids listening to this, what the fuck are they listening to this for? Hey, this, like, that's exactly why I put a warning <laughs> at the beginning of every episode. I Don't take no responsibility. Enough. I take no responsibility for this. So, uh, I'll let you get back to the, uh, the scene of the banging. Hermione could feel the pound of his heart against her cheek as she lay sprawled across Tom, their legs tangled together. It didn't seem real. How could someone like Tom Riddle have given her the best sexual experience of her life? Whatever she'd done, it had been a fraction of this, a pale imitation of the pleasure he'd unleashed within her. He had taken her beyond oblivion and into something headier and darker, something she would forever crave. She drew an idle finger across his pale skin, tracing the contour of his pectorals. Why didn't we do this sooner? The deep chuckle had heat pooling between her legs all over again. Because I was under the impression you didn't want to. You always stopped me before our clothes started to come off. I thought perhaps you were a prude waiting until after marriage. Clearly I was mistaken. Hermione swallowed. She'd stopped him, but because of who he was and what this union represented. If there had been no going back after she kissed him, there was definitely no going back now that she knew how sinfully good he felt inside her. No, Hermione would not be harming this boy, this almost man that lounged beside her. She shifted, noticing the wetness caking her thighs and sighed. She could simply evansco the evidence away, but she needed to use the loo anyway. She dropped a sloppy kiss upon Tom's still swollen lips and shifted away. I need to run to the toilet. I'll be back. He stared up at her through hooded eyes, dark lashes striking contrast to the luminous sapphire. He ran his tongue slowly and deliberately across his bruised bottom lip. Yes, please. Hermione shuddered, caught in the promise of those words and the heat of his stare. Deliberately looking away, she pulled on his discarded shirt, not bothering with any other garments. The dance was likely still underway. They'd left within the first hour, and right now she honestly didn't care if all of Slytherin knew she was shagging their king. Clearly neither did Tom, since he did nothing but stare hungrily after her from the bed as she slipped from the room. The nearest bath was up the prefect's but Hermione knew the password thanks to Aurelia and Tom. She didn't meet another soul on her way, and it was deserted when she entered. Sighing in relief, she might not have cared who found out, but it was simpler if no one did. Hermione moved to unbutton the few she'd bothered to fasten on the way out of Tom's room. So you truly are fucking him, 
Her hand froze on the button, ice crawling through her veins. What the bloody hell are you doing here, Malfoy? He moved into her line of sight, lips pressed together in a hard line. I followed you. From Tom's room? From the dance. Her cheeks went hot at the implication. They hadn't used any silencing spells, and she hadn't been the least bit quiet about expressing her pleasure. Biting her cheek, she ignored the sudden shame blossoming in her gut. Why in Merlin's name couldn't I see you in the hallway or in here? I was about to... He rolled his eyes, the severe set of his jaw slackening for a second. Why do you think I said something? I wasn't going to let you strip without knowing I was here. I'm not a pervert. No, you just listened to Tom and I having sex, she hissed, feeling so suddenly naked in a way Tom's shirt did nothing to fix. Malfoy sighed, slender fingers gripping his temples for a long moment before he spoke. Look, it was never my intention to intrude. I just wanted to make sure you made it back safely after Dumbledore accosted you. My room is in this hall too, so when I saw both of you in the hall, I ducked out. It's hardly my fault you both chose to make more noise than a bloody battle. Once the din ceased, I knew it was safe to try and check in with you again, so I followed you when you came here. And why couldn't I see you? She didn't have the energy to be angry with him for the stalkerish behavior. Malfoy had already confused her enough for one evening. A little trick I perfected during the war, he admitted. I can show you sometime when you're wearing more clothes and my presence isn't horribly inappropriate. It was Hermione's turn to roll her eyes. At least you're aware of that. I'm fine, Malfoy, okay? Stormy eyes traced every contour of her before he nodded. Okay. Good night, Malfoy. He backed towards the door, something akin to hurt cracking his facade for a long moment. Then he was shaking his head, a bittersweet smile that twisted her heartstrings, gracing his lips. Good night, Hermione. She barely felt the heat of the water as she rinsed sweat and pleasure from her body. She barely even noticed the way her skin tingled as she slipped back into bed with Tom, his sculpted arms caging her against him. No, all she could seem to remember was that smile. So sad it made her heart ache. She drifted off to the steady rhythm of Tom's heartbeat against her ear and Malfoy's expression emblazoned on her eyelids. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so she just, this dude banged the shit out of her, but yet. And now she's all sad because it hurt Tom, it hurt uh, Malfoy's feelings. Malfoy did pop up like a creeper, though. He's like, well, you didn't yeah, were they like in the bathroom or something? Yeah, they were. Uh, they were in the bathroom. And he just was like, I've been following you. <laughs> but that was, they, they didn't say, or he didn't say he was following her before, but you hinted that he was around, like mm -hmm. watching her before. Remember we were joking about that? Mm -hmm. So, he obviously has some way of, like, being not seen. Sneaky boy. Yeah. And the fact that she just is now thinking about Malfoy again, like, this is of turning course. into a love, like a, like a, a chick. She, as soon as she bangs Tom, she's like, oh, shit, Malfoy. <laughs> it's like her emotions came back out. Like, he fucked the emotions out of her. Like, they've come yeah. out now. Up your mind, woman. Dude, that's a good fucking. If it like it awoken her, 
it like awoken her mind and like body to like oh oh he's got a cute smile oh oh maybe maybe she just was down bad but uh, yeah exactly that's exactly what it just, was she's just real down bad now she's more open and willing now to to other other this woman was down bad for anything like it didn't even matter she was just she just had that fucking craving, and anything would trigger it. Yeah, but then she didn't know she was gonna run into the Dark Lord, and he's gonna fuck her brains out. But now, okay, so that was a pretty long chapter. It was mm-hmm. most like it was mostly just you know this one was, was short. Yeah, it was it was long but short because they were just literally it was all like one scene, two scenes, this whole chapter. It wasn't they were no, there, I mean this three. thirteen thirteen is kind of short. Oh, the next chapter seems. Um, dude, she's my precious. <laughs> <laughs> my precious. <laughs> my precious. I'm going to have trouble seeing Riddle as anything other than fucking Gollum with a wand. That's what I'm now. saying. This man, Riddle, like, like but again. With the descriptions that we've had, fucking ripped Gollum. Yeah, Gollum, like, but shredded, again, muscular as fuck. <laughs> going back to like a visual thing, because like when you're hearing a story, reading a story, whatever, like it's bro, can, can it's fun to imagine, visualize the story. Can you imagine, because, like, you're fucking, almost, like you're creating the pictures. Uh, so I've, now I've got the fucking image stuck in my head. Fucking Smeagol was creepy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine if he was jacked through the whole series. Smeagol <laughs> 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 jacked. Can you imagine fucking Smeagol on steroids? <laughs> <laughs> With a big schlong, just fucking all the girls. Just fucking dangling out of his loincloth. This <laughs> <laughs> is like, Smeagol, me fuck. Bro. Um, yeah, that's, see, for the people who didn't read the, uh, the Lord of the Rings books, uh, you don't know it because they cut it out of the movies. Um, but bro, Smeagol fucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he fucks, dog. But I don't know if Tom Riddle be fucking like that. To be honest with you. Okay, he's evil though. Like that's just from, what, from that's like what the bad from like the Harry Potter lore. Like I said, he seems more like he was evil, but like he just uh, kind of stayed to himself. But these that's what these bad guys do, bro. And and again, that that they said that he was trying to hide her at the dance, like a facade. Like you go with him, like. I don't want to be seen, not seen with you, but like, I don't want this to be like a big thing. So you go yeah. with him. And he didn't want to draw him. attention. Yeah. Because he said, my followers aren't ready for them. They're not ready for you. So he's still kind of keeping it, you know, he's keeping his cards. He's playing his cards right. Mm-hmm. He's being a guy. He's being a bro. He's a Chad, right? He's like, we'll keep you on the hush. We'll fuck. But like, but no one else. Needs I'm not to know teaching about you. The, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not introducing you to the homies yet. Like you ain't because you're gonna make me look bad. <laughs> yeah. No. They're gonna. He's gonna make. She's gonna make them look bad because she's gonna. She's gonna succeed them and pass them. Yeah. So. Damn. Finally, we got to the Fifty Shades of, of Hermione. I honestly expected that to drag on a lot longer than it did. Not gonna lie. Well, I mean, it seemed After like it all was. This up, I really thought this was gonna. I really thought that was gonna be like a solid page. I mean, it, it was a decent amount. I mean, it. I guess the the author did, like wasn't like 
crazy on the like so many details but i mean he there was details in there he went over like a sequence of events and then they changed the sequence of events or different sequence of events so which is was, wild because fucking they've been very descriptive about everything up to this point yeah oh well whatever I mean, I'm, honestly i'm not sure how much of that we could have taken without fucking breaking out laughing again oh my god the pressure's killed me though it really does where did that come from dude like, that was never a thing. And then suddenly he's calling her precious. Oh, well. Well, finally, we made it. We made it. We made it to the sex scene. Yes, did it. Now, predictions for the Hermione, Stacey, and sex scene. How many more chapters do we need for that? Six? Seven? We're on chapter that's, 13 that's now. Kind of- that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking well, something like next? six or seven chapters. Six or seven, like around like the twentieth mark, maybe. My, my initial thought was four, but no, I feel like it's going to take a little bit longer than that. Probably, I'll give it. Actually, no, I'm gonna give it. Yeah, seven. Seven is going to be my my bet. I'm betting like chapter 20? Two, chapter twenty. That's going to be the one. I can feel it. Yeah, she's going to work up to it because it's going to take a long time for for Dacian to like, you know, kind of calm down from this and. uh I like, mean, he seems like he cares, but he seems also like pretty chill about it too. Yeah, but it, obviously, he it probably hurts him inside. Yeah, like, don't say, but this, but this hurt him, and it's gonna take him some time to sort of uh, come down from that and be and okay. I think it's gonna take the first fight between Hermione and Tom. Ooh. Like they're gonna get into an argument about something, and she's gonna go run into Malfoy. And Malfoy's gonna be like, "Let me show you how." And then I she'll, do. and then she'll be his precious. Was <laughs> <laughs> this the one true ring? Everyone just wants to try her on. I mean, it kind of seems like it. There was Ron. There was Harry. There's Tom. There is. But, like, but they Malfoy. didn't. They didn't. But Ron and Harry didn't amount to him. They were just like little, little flies on the, the radar compared to him so yeah but you know it seems like everybody's getting a piece of the action here yeah she seems pretty easy she's pretty easy and he thought he was gonna have to wait till marriage a little did he know <laughs> yeah and he was never planning on marrying her no chapter well, 13 can you pass the trowel hermione shifted reaching across the lab bench to hand aurelia the tool here, what next? The other girl shrugged, honey eyes studiously avoiding Hermione. Plant it and wait. Professor Weinspritz said it should germinate before the end of class today and be ready for harvest next week. I suppose it'll give me a chance to finish my latest essay for Professor Dumbledore, Hermione murmured, allowing Aurelia to complete the planting process unassisted. It had been a week since the dance, and while Malfoy had seemed more amiable, Aurelia was most certainly not. For several minutes, there was nothing but the scratch of Hermione's quill on the parchment and the clank of the trowel on the clay pot. But then Aurelia abruptly dropped the tool, the clatter echoing across the greenhouse, and stared across the workbench at Hermione. Is it true you're sleeping with Tom? Hermione's breath caught and then released as she met her housemate's challenging glare. Since the epiphany that sex with Tom might be the closest she ever got to total escape from her past and her pain, he'd claimed her in the library amidst the stacks, behind the tapestries in the halls, even in the Slytherin common room in the darkest hours of the morning. 
They'd been utterly shameless in their pursuit of pleasure, worried about nothing beyond the heights of ecstasy they could reach together. It was at once liberating and terrifying. Aurelia scraped the pot against the wooden surface of the bench. I deserve an answer, Gable. Hermione knew the idea of propriety in the wizarding world was always ahead of, the, of that in the muggle world, but she wasn't entirely sure how ready the 1940s in either world were for what she and Tom were doing. But she'd already treated Aurelia, the only person beyond Dumbledore who'd welcomed her freely here so poorly. There was no excuse to continue to lie to her. Propriety be damned. Sighing, Hermione nodded. Yes. The other girl blinked, momentarily stunned as she digested Hermione's answer. Her lips twitched and her eyes alight closer to the luminous honey of when they'd first been acquainted. Is it any good? I heard from Hyacinth Parkinson that when she and Cygnus finally did the act, it was awful and she never wanted to see another man without his clothes again. Hermione couldn't help the snort of laughter that escaped. Merlin, that must have been truly awful, although the first time isn't always good. Actually, unless you have a partner that takes the time to care for you, it can be bloody awful. She paused, studying Aurelia. The girl's hands were clenched on the edge of the workbench. Her body tilted toward Hermione in undisguised interest. Tom wasn't my first time, Aurelia. Far from it, actually. But he's by far the best I've ever had. But never with Mallet? It took Hermione a moment to realize she was asking about Malfoy. Her stomach dropped upon the realization, a dread she couldn't understand curdling its contents. No, I didn't lie to you before, Aurelia. Dacian and I are barely friends. We were thrown together by circumstance, not choice. That may be, but I'm not blind, and neither is Tom. You can deny it all you want, but Dacian clearly feels something substantial for you. He's protective in a way only a sibling or a lover should be. There was an apologetic smile on her thin lips, a knowledge that her words were not what Hermione wanted to believe. I know you don't want to hear this, and I know the distance between us is my fault, but being naive isn't going to help you, Hermione. Hermione ran a hand through her hair, fingers snagging on stray curls. Sighing, she met Aurelia's charged stare. I know, I just don't understand Dacian at all, and I thought I knew where we stood, but the closer I get to Tom, the less I understand anything. Aurelia blinked once, slowly. You're falling for him, truly falling for him. She shook her head, mouth tugging down at the corners. Oh, Hermione, he's going to shatter you. How could you be so stupid? How could she indeed? And yet every time he took her away from the pain, every time she drowned in those dark sapphire eyes, every time he filled the ache that festered deep within, she slipped just a little bit further. She, better than anyone, knew how foolish it was to fall for the monster, to stake her life and the world's future on a boy with madness in his veins. But without his touch, what was the point of it all anyway? Her world had already ended, her friends and family dead and gone, and this was only limbo, all grays and shadows of a life that had once been. Was it really such a crime to cling to him and all the hope he gave her battered soul? For with every high, a sliver of her returned from the darkness, a fraction of the girl who believed the world should be saved. Beside her, Aurelia sighed, the sound heavier than it ought to be. But I get it. If anyone can handle Tom, it's you. 
Hermione nodded her appreciation, her throat still tight with raw emotion. A hint of a smirk worked the frown off her friend's lips. But you are going to have to tell everyone, and soon. The rumors are flying far too fast to keep this contained. Plus, I think Malfoy saw you two in the common room this morning. Hermione jerked, eyes wide, before she realized Aurelia meant Abraxas. Her Malfoy already knew exactly what she and Tom were doing, of course. Just because he'd already heard her, they'd been careful to use silencing spells after that, didn't mean she wanted him seeing her with Tom. Shaking her head, she focused on the important part of Aurelia's observation. I'll be sure to mention it to Tom, although I'm sure he's aware of every single word anyone has said about him anywhere in the school. Yes, he does have a way of being annoyingly omniscient, was her dry reply. Leglumency was the obvious explanation, but Hermione wasn't about to alert anyone, not even Aurelia, to her full knowledge of Tom's deep, darker talents. Besides, he hadn't directed an attack of that particular variety in her direction since they'd started this semblance of a relationship. She wanted to believe he would continue to respect her mind so long as they were together. A less naive part of her mocked that hope, but Hermione was in the practice of ignoring large portions of her conscious and subconscious. Hey, me too. <laughs> we're more than we're more alike than I think. Uh, yeah, that sounds. Uh, are you down bad, Vade? Is that what you're saying? I mean, and 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 practicing ignoring my conscious and subconscious because, like, it it takes practice. You know, it's not something you can do. You know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be skilled in this thing. Right. I have a, I have a degree in that, so I know a little something about ignoring the conscious conscious parts. That's all. Hey, you know, hey, that, makes one, that makes one of us that has a degree. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, we can't we can't all be that that smart, so you know it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> a sudden bustle in the rest of the greenhouse alerted both girls to the end of the class period. Aurelia picked up their sneeze port and placed it on the counter with the rest. By the time she returned, Hermione had rolled her parchment into a neat tube and tied it with extra twine she kept in her school bag. Aurelia bounced on her toes for a long moment before a half smile cracked across her face. Walk me to divination. Hermione couldn't help with her answering grin. Absolutely. The delighted giggle that escaped her friend elicited an answering laugh. Feeling lighter, Hermione threaded her arm through Aurelia's as they strode out of the greenhouse, laughter echoing off the castle walls. This she could do without even a hint of remorse or guilt. Okay, so Aurelia knows, of course. Um... When she said Malfoy, she meant what Malfoy did she she was talking to Braxis Yes, yeah. See, I paused whenever I read that because I was like, oh shit, has Aurelia figured it out? And then yeah, yeah I forgot about the the Abraxas thing. So that means he well, he was obviously one of his like leaders or leaders of the Death Eaters, right? Because that's where the family tree was from the Malfoys. It stemmed from the Malfoys from the grandfather probably. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it, it said at some point that, uh, like, all of the Malfoys had been Death Eaters. Yeah, so and the, yeah, fact, lineage kind the of thing. fact that she brought him up is, like, one of his generals seeing this and becoming aware of this and becoming concerned with this. So that's, like, those are other factors that we haven't even concerned ourselves with or brought up yet about, hey, like, yeah, what about his, his generals and his people that follow him? What are they going to try to do? 
or what will they? You know what I mean? Like they're obviously going to be jealous because it seems like he has a way of putting uh, a spell on people in a way. So that was a uh, that was just an interesting thing. You know, I like putting out interesting stuff because like I just felt like that was that's worthy to point out to see what that even means going right. forward. Um, maybe they'll have an interaction apparently, or maybe even the Malfoys will have an interaction. That that should be fun. <laughs> hey, grandfather, you son of a bitch, go fuck okay. yourself. Uh, there's another author's note at the beginning of this chapter that I feel should probably be read. Uh, we'll start with the this part. It says notes. I hope each and every one of you is well. I think the most interesting thing to re- oh, I think the most important thing to remember right now is that we are brought together here in this space and that we are a community of support. Thank you for your support of me, and know that I also support you in whatever small ways I can. We do support you, the Corrosive Pen. Thank you for your for your story. This has brought me many hours of uh, entertainment already. I support the Corrosive Pen. And many others. Uh, many others hours. Of yes, as well, yes, so. and others. Passing the love down. Uh, this is the part that I actually uh, felt was probably important to read. True. This chapter is the beginning of Act 2 of the second movement of a shift forward in our narrative. This comes with the following warnings. Public-ish sex act. Dubious consent. Whatever happens here is addressed throughout the narrative and specifically in the next few chapters. Know that there is a purpose to every scene I write and that none of this is for shock and awe value. All of these characters are a million shades of gray, and this is only one example of that. On that note, enjoy. So it sounds like there's, like, I'm going to go ahead and just post my own uh, trigger warning here. It sounds like there might be a not fully consensual thing happening in this chapter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I want to I want to put that out there right now. Uh, I'm gonna start reading this, and once it seems like we're getting to that point, I'm going to post. I'm gonna stop and give another warning, uh, okay. and try to guesstimate how long. That seems that only is. right. I mean, we're 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 trying to make you uncomfortable and entertained, but we're not trying to. Yeah, exactly. But I'm we're not, not trying, trying to, to like, yeah. upset anybody. Yeah, we're not trying to fuck you guys up to the point. Yeah. This is not a story that we even read I, yet. I want you to so. be uncomfortable, not upset. There is a yes. difference. <laughs> we don't want you to be hurt. We want you to feel a little bit of a little bit of um, a little bit of water down there. You know what I mean? This but is, in a in a weird way. Like, this is for entertainment value. We we want you to be wet, but weirdly wet. You know, like to the point where you're like kind of like shifting every couple seconds. You're just like you're like you're Hermione almost. That's what we want you to. Do. And also, Basically. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this in here. TGI Fiction and its members do not condone any acts read in these stories. This is purely for entertainment value. And for better or worse, we have not read this in, uh, ahead of time. Yeah, no, so, and again, yeah, we don't read ahead. For so. better or worse. Yeah, just throwing that out there. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure we'll get it through. I'll get, we'll get through this together. That's what, that's what really matters, like he said. We get through this together, so... Um, Okay. Uh, with that being it. said, I just hope Daisy doesn't do anything stupid. So let's just Agreed. go. Let's just go. Let's just. With that being said, let's just go. Let's move on. Let's get yeah. this fourteen. Chapter fourteen. Snow evaporated into nothing above the Slytherin table in the Great Hall as they all dug into the latest winter delicacy from the kitchens. Hermione stabbed a piece of winter squash on a fork, letting it linger in her mouth. The melt of butter and spices reminding her of Christmas's past with her parents. Realizing what she was doing, she swallowed, nearly choking in the process. 
She could feel the sudden moisture lining her eyes and blinked several times before anyone at the table could notice what was happening to her. The sudden heat of Tom's hand against her thigh was a welcome distraction from the precipice of memory. His fingers trailed circles of fire above her skirt before shifting closer to the hem. It took all of her control to not shake as his hand moved back up, now under the heavy fabric of her wool skirt. She opted for only knee-high socks that morning and was suddenly uncertain if it had been a wise decision. Tom wasn't moving his hand any higher than her mid-thigh, though, but his fingers were doing wicked things to the bare skin there. He bestowed a knowing smirk upon her before he shifted his attention to Malfoy, who was just entering the Great Hall. Mallet, come sit with us. It wasn't a question. Malfoy lifted a midnight brow as he slid into the vacant space across from them. Riddle. Gable. He began absently filling his plate, clearly waiting for Tom to explain. In the nearly four months they'd been living here, Tom had never once invited Malfoy anywhere near his group or himself. Tom stayed silent, fingers inching higher up Hermione's skirt until they were just brushing the cotton of her knickers. Her breathing hitched, but she managed to hide the abrupt reaction behind a sip of pumpkin juice. Like that's like, oh, like this taste and look of like pumpkin, like juice pumpkin jizz. Sounds like, ugh. horrid. That, that sounds cannot awful. Taste good. <laughs> that cannot taste good. <laughs> that's a, that's a now that you point that the, out, that's a thing throughout the actual stories too. But like reading it, it, it just it hit kind of different, and I'm like, that sounds bad. No thanks. I mean, like a hard you would probably drink it if you had a couple of you know a couple of drinks in. You'd probably be like pumpkin juice. I'll try it. Maybe, but it probably slaps with some alcohol in it. You never know. You yeah, never put, know. Some, put some rum in there and maybe. Got to give it a shot. Rum will, rum will save anything, you know? A little so, rum, a little grenadine? Maybe, but pumpkin juice. No thanks. Couldn't be me. His agile fingers continued to stroke teasingly across the apex of her thighs as he focused his gaze on Malfoy. I'd like you to join my club. Membership is quite exclusive, and I believe it is past time that we add your skill set to our ranks. Malfoy froze for a mere second, but long enough that both Hermione and Tom could see. Tom's smirk deepened, cobalt eyes glinting dangerously as she stole a glance in her periphery. Malfoy scowled across from them, flint behind his stormy visage. And what exactly do you think I have to offer, Riddle? You've been through a war, Mallet. I've seen what Gable here can do. Tom paused, dexterous fingers slipping beneath the final layer of separation. He smiled in satisfaction, either at Malfoy or at the sudden rush of wetness that greeted the bold gesture. It took all of Hermione's control to not react, to not grind against those tantalizing digits. Tom flicked a finger across her before turning his attention back to Malfoy. I want you because you possess the same skills she does. The rest of my members are children. I would appreciate another man, an equal, at least in skill. Hermione had given up the pretense of eating, hiding behind the glass of pumpkin juice. Thankfully, both her robe and Tom's obscured what he was doing to her, and Malfoy's attention was firmly on Tom, his frostbitten eyes barely blinking as she studied the man across from him. She knew she couldn't stop Tom, couldn't pull away, she honestly didn't want to. The rush of adrenaline at the risk, the forbidden nature of his fingers against her in such a public place had rooted her on the spot, flesh trembling at his every caress.
You've made clear what I might do for you, Malfoy observed. But what about what you will do for me? It was a very Slytherin question, one that reminded her that this was not his first round at the Serpent's Pit. Tom grinned like the Cheshire Cat. Ah, now that's the question, isn't it? I'm not like that pathetic slughorn who simply collects what he cannot have. The members of my group will go on to positions of power. Mafoy raised a doubtful brow. And how can you guarantee such things? You do not come from a powerful family, nor do you have any current connections to the ministry that I'm aware of. Tom laughed, dark and dangerous. I like you, Mallet. His hand rotated subtly between her thighs, and then a digit pressed into her, her walls spasming subtly as it pumped slowly in and out, his palm pressing hard against her, the throbbing apex. She nearly dropped the pumpkin juice, and Malfoy's eyes briefly flew to her, a frown tugging at his full lips. Tom spoke before he could take too much of an interest in her flushed visage. I may not have family connections, Mallet, but I have been building the infrastructure, the resources for my ascent in the ministry, since I arrived at Hogwarts six years ago. Tom's focus flickered to the known members of his collective seated further down the table. They are not all cut out for rules of power like you and I, Mallet, but they are useful in their own right. Believe me, you will have whatever you desire with me at your side. Malfoy's eyes flicked to Hermione for barely a millisecond, but Tom caught the movement. Except her. She is mine. The statement was punctuated by a second finger joining the first, stretching her in deliciously. Both crooked to give her maximum pleasure. Hermione wasn't sure how much longer she could last. Her thighs were trembling with the need for release. Her teeth gritted against the orgasm that threatened to overwhelm her. Okay, so again, visuals, right? Okay, maybe this is what they were talking about by lights, um, like, you know, uh, consent, because there really wasn't, like, a consent thing here, but she's obviously not saying no to it kind of thing, I mean, but... Like it's, yeah, it's consensual, it just wasn't, like... Yeah, but beyond that, the issue. right, beyond that, it's literally having a serious conversation with this guy, Daisy, while he's fingering her, and about to make, yo, that is wild, dude. He is a fucking wild child, bro. Like I, I, I thought, what a fucking no. power move, though. What a fucking power. What a chip. No, no, dude, what a fucking power. Like that is the power. Like he's like, I know you like her, but I'm about to make her come while you're sitting right there, and we're talking about power. Yeah. Like, and then he goes again. He says she's mine. So like, dude, she's done. The the she's possessive. Done. Yeah, the possessive nature of this whole thing is is a lot. He just he wants to control people for his mission, and that's gonna be his mission. And yeah. Malfoy is gonna have to be the fucking savior of the story. I can already see it now. So, oh yeah, Malfoy, you know, started off weird, but good luck to you, my friend. Good luck to you. So that's all I have to say. But she's about to bust, so maybe we should get back to that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm finna bust. I'm finna bust. <laughs> <laughs> She just lets she just lets her go a big old. <laughs> and just fucking. I love that your mic cut out right there. I got the whole. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. She just lets out a big old just. Mm. In the middle of the dining hall too. Damn. In the middle of the dining hall and just gets it all over Daisy and like, like all her shoes. This isn't like just, all over. This isn't just at risk of Malfoy seeing it. This is at risk of 
everybody seeing she it. She doesn't care now. She's no. past the point of care. No, yeah. She's hooked. She's hooked on phonics. So. It's like fucking, it's like she's a drug what addict. What a power move, though, dog. What the fuck? Like, like sure, yeah. it's a dick move, but it is definitely a power play. It is a dick, and she is, a cons- and she is going with it, which even proves more that he has her literally on a fingertip. Mm-hmm. Maybe even two. But at least one. Oh my god! <laughs> you say that? You say that? And I just picture her holding this bitch like a, or picture him holding this bitch like a bowling ball. <laughs> you just see one, and then you go maybe two, and then like pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> He's just got her dangling by his side, holding her like a bowling ball. And then you see Batboy like right in front of them, like you see what I can do? Flicker, 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 flicker. <laughs> like a very exaggerated picture of what's going on right now <laughs> and he's like you want to join us flicker 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 but oh you can't God. have her flicker 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 but like <laughs> hold on it's, you like can... the, it's like the thing that kids do where you hold it out for someone and then nope and pull it back <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh my god oh shit all right I'll give it to Hades, but he's he's keeping his he's keeping the calm. I mean, he's probably been trained through this throughout his whole life because of all the stuff like he's been practicing and stuff. So yeah. he's focused. He is, you know, he's locked in because he's playing the part. You know, he's at on a more serious note. He's asking like, "I want you to join." This is the first time that he was like, "I want you to join me," and that's yeah. a big moment. So like, and he's playing the part well. Like he's like, you know, what's in it for me? Type shit. I know I'm the shit, but like, what can you give me? Yeah. So, and he's probably also trying to get some information. So this is like a little bit of everything. So they're both feeling each other out while she's getting the the fucking finger played. Um, yeah. Damn, Hermione! Like, what the? You are just. She's a fucking mess, dude. He's like, she is mine. Like, oh shit, she about to just come after he said that. Thankfully, Malfoy was back to glaring at Tom. His possessive statement clearly not sitting well. This is an 1800 riddle. She isn't some bride to be bought and bartered for. No, Tom agreed. He made a sweeping gesture with his free hand, and suddenly the entire Slytherin table was silent, their undivided attention on Tom. Hermione's breath was caught in her throat as she continued to fight the wave of pleasure threatening to overwhelm her. Tom spoke with an authoritative voice that, although soft, carried the length of the table his fingers never pausing their assault on her senses. It has come to my attention that my relationship with Miss Gable is the subject of several rumors. I would like to dispel them and give you the truth of the matter. Miss Gable and I are, in fact, together, and it is indeed serious. He scanned the length of the table, dark eyes pausing on every face. I have every intention of making her my wife before the year is out. The uproar was instantaneous, but Tom ignored them all, bringing his lips to her ear. Now, come for me, precious. She couldn't fight it any longer. (laughs) God damn it, you keep laughing! (laughs) No, because that that was like, okay, that was a G move, because he was like, yeah, this is my girl. And then he just like, you can come now, precious. Oh, God. Yo, god. oh my god, dude. She's gonna look like a, a, an absolute fool. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Come for me, Precious. <laughs> she couldn't fight it any longer. 
not with his fingers brushing the right spot over and over, his thumb flicking over her just so, and his tongue teasing the lobe of her ear. She collapsed against him, wetness soaking her thighs, tongue metallic with blood as she bit back a scream of ecstasy. He grinned against her skin, his thumb flicking one last time, but now her control was gone and she was unable to stop her body from jolting with pleasure. Tom captured her moan with a hungry kiss before extracting both his lips and his hand. A flick of his wand and his fingers were clear of the evidence of pleasure. He turned back to Malfoy, who was now gaping at her, clearly understanding what had just happened in front of him. So, Mallet, what do you say? Whatever vulnerability had been in Malfoy's stormy eyes was gone when he focused back on Tom. I accept. I'd like to see what we can do together. Wonderful. Tom purred before turning back to his dinner. Hermione couldn't bring herself to look at Malfoy again, and looking at Tom made her squirm in her seat, heat still gathering in her core. So she stared down at the winter squash instead, trying to remember how to use her fork. Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> wow. That is some shit. Yeah, what a fucking... Uh, honestly, like... What a fucking moment that was what a fucking moment dude what a fucking moment i mean i'm i'm sure people have had moments where they've done some pretty mischievously sexual things in places that they could be called or things on the table like i'm sure people have been in these situations before right so i'm, I'm sure people can like maybe maybe they do maybe they don't can can relate in their own ways right um, but the fact that he's like the Dark Lord and he like reigns upon terror and death and um, destruction, you know, that kind of adds a little bit of wrinkle in the plan. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. But like, this is not just like, you know, you and an ex-girlfriend that were playing, you know, some some, you know, some tag under the table at like an eventing or some shit like that. Like, uh -huh. he's literally controlled. He controlled the whole table and her and Malfoy all within like. That whole that whole chapter, like he was yeah. like, "This is mine. Like, what are you gonna do about it?" He literally, he was like, "What do you, you know? You can join me. Like, you have no yeah. choice. I have no woman." And this guy knows that that uh, Malfoy has like a thing for her, or at least cares about her in some. Everybody regard. knows. Yeah, everybody and can see that. Just doesn't even care. Like. Just going to town on her. She's basically showing, like, I can do whatever the hell I want, and there's nothing you can do about it. And showing that she has no power. Yeah. Which she never did, but, like, she thought maybe she can. And yeah. basically, and then we're not, well, let's not, let's not, like, first pack the fact he said he's going to marry her before the year's. Yeah, that doesn't, I thought, that doesn't I mean thought any year, right? He said before the year's over. Yeah. And it's so like winter. That, yes. Like, it's the end of the year, dog. Winter has come. Like, the end of the school year, right? That's not the end of the school year, though, because they go, no. they go past that. Winter, like, Christmas was, like, the halfway point in most of the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if the, he meant, like, the end of the school year or, like, the end of the actual year. It doesn't really say, but... I'm assuming he meant at the end of this year, because he's, he's willing, he's, he's already ready to make his move. Yeah, like, if he means the end of, like, the year that's, you know winter like not the school year then that's like soon i don't so, know i guess we'll have to fucking wait and see 
Chapter 15 The stacks at the back of the library were overrun with books, leather-bound manuscripts pouring out onto tables and chairs. It gave her a profound sense of calm to be surrounded by such organized chaos, a sense of calm she desperately needed after Tom's overt claiming of her during supper. She'd fled, unable to look anyone in the eye, lest she see a knowing smirk or a derisive laugh. No, it was far better to hide from it all to consider the magnitude of her stupidity alone with non-judgmental books. Her fingers trembled where they rested against the oak table. They hadn't stopped shaking since she'd left the great hall. She hadn't stopped shaking, overwhelmed with the sense that she was in far deeper than she'd known, that whatever path she'd charted was not the direction her ship had sailed. Groaning, she buried her head in her hands, forehead resting against the cool wood, she would not cry. She would not give in to the torrent of emotion that rattled in her bones. She would not be weak, not after so many years of facing far greater foes than a boy who would make her his. A shoe scuffed against the floor behind, yet she didn't move, utterly unwilling to face the intruder. There was a long silence, and then a soft voice whispered, May I sit? Her cheeks heated, but she didn't refuse him. Go ahead, make the humiliation complete. Malfoy sighed, the chair across from her scraping as he settled into it. She wouldn't think of the last time they'd sat across a table from each other. I have no interest in humiliating you. His voice was soft, raw in a way that she'd only heard a handful of times in the room of requirement. He could have fooled me. He scoffed and she could feel the weight of his stare upon her downturned head. We've covered this already. I apologize for the boy I once was. That does not mean his interests and mine intersect in any way. Dragging a hand over her pounding temples, Hermione finally lifted her head to study him. His full lips were pulled into a severe frown, his tempestuous gaze full of an emotion just beyond her reach. She glanced sideways at the stacks around them before flicking her wand. Mufliato. Then why exactly did you say yes to Tom? Barren December skies blinked once, twice. You think I'm signing up to be a Death Eater all over again? She hadn't thought of it in quite those terms, but he'd correctly identified the tendril of horror that had been twining tighter and tighter about her aching heart. Your enthusiasm seemed genuine. Malfoy's angular features contorted, a pain she couldn't understand rippling across his face. I didn't have a choice, Hermione. That wasn't a request. Riddle doesn't ask permission. He simply takes. I would think that was obvious to you tonight. The clear reference to her very public orgasm had her burying her face in her hands again. It could have stopped him. The sharp laugh was enough to jerk her gaze upward again. He stared unrelentingly back at her. Could you? Yes, she snapped. But doubt was creeping into her. Was Malfoy right? She'd not wanted him to stop, but neither had she wanted to participate in such a public sexual act. If given a choice, would she have opted not to allow such a trespass? Shaking her head, she glared back at Malfoy, all bravado and barely concealed tumult. You still haven't explained why you didn't say no. I thought I had. But he sighed, shaking his head, lustrous midnight strands dropping in front of stormy eyes. Perhaps I need to make certain truths more apparent to you. I accepted Riddle's offer for two reasons. 
One, it was not actually a question, but a demand. Her mouth opened in protest, but he held up a hand. No, of the two of us, I am far more familiar with Riddle's leadership methods than you are. I also accepted because it may be the only way to keep you safe. A different sort of adrenaline pulsed through her veins. What? Malfoy stared at her, a careful tenderness in his expression that shook her. Believe it or not, I do not wish you any harm, Hermione Granger. In fact, I've been doing everything in my power to keep you safe from Riddle for the last few months. You haven't made it easy, and after his declaration today, I worry there will only be so much I can do to keep you from him. I can best serve both of us by accepting a place on the inside of his... organization. Although her mind told her to doubt his every word, the sincerity in his eyes was impossible to ignore. She focused instead on a part of his explanation that didn't quite make sense. After his declaration... Malfoy blinked, pale cheeks flushing as he swallowed. Um, I'm not sure you were very coherent when he announced to all of Slytherin that he planned to marry you by year's end. I assume he meant the school term in the spring and not New Year's Eve, as that's only two weeks away. The memory came back in a rush, hazy at the edges with the stain of pleasure. Tom had tumbled her over the precipice mere moments after announcing something very like an engagement. She hadn't had the wits to realize what he'd just done when she'd been quaking with need, but now it was disturbingly clear. They'd never discussed anything of the sort, and she'd been under the impression that he was content hiding their relationship, not that he was planning to make it official in every way that mattered. She shook, knuckles white where they gripped the edge of the table. Using Tom for relief from the dark terrors of her mind? Fine. Marrying Tom? Absolutely not. But what if it was the only way to save him? To prevent the cascade of events that would ultimately destroy everything and everyone dear to her? You won't marry him, Malfoy said, soft and utterly sure. I promise. But, no, there's always another way. He rubbed a hand over the dark brow and she frowned. Reminded again how different he was from the boy she despised. I know you think you need him, but he's your only escape from the hellscape we endured. But I need you to start considering different... remedies. I don't want to feel so connected to him, Malfoy, she admitted. But it's like he's taken up residence in my head. He's the drug I can't resist. His sharp chin jerked upwards, eyes frantically scanning her face. Like he's in your head? Hermione nodded, avoiding his discerning stare. Yeah, there's this sense of completion I get when I'm with him. I've tried everything, things I'm even less proud of than him, but I suppose you likely saw that when you were... She couldn't quite vocalize just how far into her psyche Malfoy had ventured. The emptiness, it hurts so damn much. I do everything I can to escape it. I can't help it. But only sex has ever worked for you. The words were barely audible, but barren of judgment. She swallowed around the lump lodged deep in her throat. After Ron and Ginny died, there was nothing left for me. Not even the thought of defeating Voldemort could sustain me. One night, Harry and I drank a little too much. The next thing I knew, the ache was gone, if only for a few minutes. I'm not sure it had the same effect on him, 
but he never turned me away after that. So I just kept killing and fucking and praying it would all end. When we came here, you simply continued what you'd been doing with Riddle. After all, he is more than willing to use you in kind. Mavoy didn't sound bitter exactly, but his tone wasn't as free of emotion as it had been. Aurelia thinks I'm falling in love with him. If only it were that simple. A rueful smile graced his full lips for a mere second, there and gone. I could protect you from a broken heart, I think, but we both know that's not what's going on here. Hermione groaned, staring despondently across at him. No, I can't help it. The need to connect, to feel something beyond this never-ending misery, to satisfy this ache that burns me from within. It's too overwhelming to fight. I'm tired of fighting, Malfoy. And you've chosen the worst partner in crime available. He's bloody brilliant at sex. You know that's not what I meant, Malfoy chastised. He's a controlling psychopath. Hermione growled, looking away from those stormy eyes that promised futures she couldn't begin to believe. I'm not about to stop, you know. Tom makes me feel whole, honest, Merlin human. It's not so bloody wrong to want that, is it? Of course not. So what if I have to marry him? All the better to make sure he doesn't turn into a murderous lunatic. That wasn't even remotely what she felt about the possibility of marrying Tom Riddle, but Draco Bloody Malfoy didn't have any right to know her like this. Hence my membership in his club. He picked up the cover of a discarded book. Despite what you may seem to think, we are in this together. She glared at him, suddenly tired of him knowing every dirty facet of her soul and her knowing rubbish about him. Don't you ever want to escape? Don't you hate everything? Don't you wish you could forget? The book he'd been touching was flying across the alcove before Hermione realized he'd thrown it. Of course I bloody wish I couldn't remember. It hurts so damn much that I think about walking off the top of the astronomy tower nearly every day, but I don't have the luxury of burying my head in the sand like you. If I give up, that means she died for nothing. He was shouting by the end, spittle spraying her face as he trembled above her. The usual frosty veneer of his eyes were gone, replaced by a hurricane of emotion that swept the breath from her lungs. I didn't know. She still didn't know. She had no idea what had happened between that night he'd let the Death Eaters into the school and the day they'd been swept into the past. Taking a shaky breath, she realized she didn't know him at all. I didn't know, she repeated, syllables wavering and clumsy. No, you bloody don't. He agreed, a chill in his tone that hadn't been there before. And I'd thank you to stop making selfish assumptions. The world doesn't bloody revolve around you, Hermione Granger. Without another word, he was gone, the air shimmering as he burst outside of the protective sphere of the Mufalito. Hermione collapsed back in her chair, suddenly weary. What had started with a humiliation one sort had morphed into an entirely different nature. What Tom had done to her with her threadbare permission seemed nothing compared to the dark rage behind Malfoy's eyes. Whatever had happened to him, she was beginning to suspect it had indeed been worse, or at least more personal, than the scars of war left behind on her soul. And perhaps, perhaps he was truly more broken than Hermione. She rested her cheek against the wooden table, staring blankly at the tomes surrounding her, not moving for a very long time. Hmm.
So, what what are you thinking about today's episode? We finally got into some steamy shit. Uh, first of all, actually, I guess let's. What are you thinking about this chapter? Let's start there. Um, what I think about this chapter. So, the scene was was all at the library between those two, right? So this was the yeah. It started in the library, um, and then he came yeah, in. So. so- he sat down, and I guess she cast like uh, a spell on the area so that nobody outside of it like could, mute could hear. Yeah, he hit the mute button on the outside world. So something they didn't do when they were fucking. So yeah, yeah, just throw that out there. But it's kind of like everything that I like. Everything that I've like, not everything I've thought, but for the most part of what I've thought has been coming into words now. Like. Mm-hmm. Like, we went over Malfoy and just um, his journey, and, like, he, he, maybe she thought he had nothing to lose during this trip, but he has everything, but he doesn't have everything to lose because he already lost it, but he has everything to, to redeem. It's like a, it's like a redemption arc for him. Yeah. To, to do, come back and do this, because I don't remember what he had as far as, like, relationship-wise during the movies and stuff, but I think he was, like, dating or interested in somebody. Was, I don't think there was really anything. I could be wrong, well, but... Again, this is a fan fiction, so it could have been added later, but yeah, somewhere along the lines, they could have done something to something someone he loved, right? I'm sure at um, some point we'll find out what this is, but let's yeah. speculate for a minute. Yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna... And the fact that he hasn't even... hasn't said a lot to her, I think, has hurt him. The fact, that she hasn't, the fact that she hasn't tried. Like, she hasn't tried once. She's tried. She's tried. She has tried a couple times that we, that we recorded today. She's tried a couple times to say, like, well, what is it? And then, remember, they were talking, and then they went in circles for hours, and then they left. And then she kind of hinted it again to, at this time. Like, from the way she sees it, she almost sees it like Tom is more of the good guy and he is more of the bad guy. He's like kind of flipped the narrative on too. Like he's the bad guy. He's done more than Tom. At this point, at like this Tom point. in the future, bad. But Tom okay. now, not she, bad. Yeah, she's giving him a pass because technically these things haven't happened yet. Even though she's seen exactly what he's going to do if she doesn't Correct. change it. But she's also definitely seen what Malfoy's done, and she definitely doesn't know anything other than that. So she's basing all of her judgment off of that. And I know. he's slowly starting to like open up as we've gone through the, these past five chapters. He's slowly starting to open up to her and show her that like he does care about her like everyone else has been saying. He does want her to know, and he's trying, but he she also knows that it was hard for her to open up. So I think that's where she like did It's just so her. fucked up that she's able to be like, Oh well, look at all the stuff that that Malfoy's done. Even though he's fucking proven himself to be far more trustworthy than Riddle has, and she's like, "Nah, Riddle hasn't actually done anything." Like, okay, if that whole instance at the at the table in the dining room wasn't a massive fucking red flag, I don't know what is. But she's so willing to like give Tom a pass on everything just because. Oh, in 1943, he hasn't actually done anything aside from accidentally killing Myrtle. Yes, accidentally. But he regrets it. We'll put that part in air quotes. 
Yeah. Again, I we don't actually know if he regrets it. Again, that could have just been a ma- manipulation tactic. Shit, it might not have even been an accident. We don't really know. It definitely. It's hard to tell with Tom. No, with the the lore of Harry Potter, I'm pretty sure that was never an accident. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing, and he he knows what he's doing now. And Malfoy is part of the game, as he's shown. He's like. I've been part of this. He's like, I know how to dance with the, with the snakes. He's like, I. He's like, that wasn't a request. That was a that that wasn't a question. That was a that was a request. Yeah, and Very Hermione is completely ignoring the fact that. Well, she was about to jizz all over herself, and then Hermione... she totally missed the part where she like came as they said that he was gonna marry her, and told she totally missed that part. Totally missed it. It totally flew by her. Like, oh, he said that he wanted to marry me. Holy fuck. Yeah, she did. And now she's having inner conflict, like, oh, she's having conflict, like, inner, inner monologue, like, oh, well, but, like... She's been able good? to... I don't know. Can I, can I, can I do it? Hey, I, don't, I don't think I can, but, oh, he knows. Should I tell him? No, I'm not gonna tell him. Fuck him. He's a bad guy. Like, you know what I mean? So it's... Uh, and he, she's been able to completely shut out the fact that Malfoy knows exactly how Tom Riddle is because he's had so much interaction with him in their in their timeline. She's just like completely ignoring this, and but fucking Malfoy knows exactly how to handle this. He knows he understands everything that Tom is saying by to what it actually means rather than what he's saying. And she's just like, nope, he hasn't done anything yet. He isn't that bad. What if I actually marry him and we can change that? Yeah, and I think Malfoy's at the point now where he knows that she's done. So for so to lack of better terms, like she's perverted. So he's yes, like, I got, I just got to get in there. He's like, I got to get in there and make my name known. So I think that's what's gonna happen in the I next couple he, of chapters. I think he I think understands, he's, but he's still gonna do everything he can to like try to smack some sense into her. He's going to, um, again thinking of of speculating the worst. Like if he actually does get in her mind, you know how fucked both of them are. And how fucked everybody is. Like she cannot be. Like she has. He has control of her, but she's still like been like, I guess keeping him out of certain things. Like not. Uh, she's managed like, to keep her plans hidden away from him, but she's slowly being worn down to a point where she's not going to be able to for much longer. But I don't think. But also, it says that she he hasn't really tried to do that, right? Like there's been no like incidents where he's tried to get in her mind. Not this that is she all, noticed. Not that she noticed, but this has all been on the surface from what we know. From, this is on the surface from what we know. But clearly and, she lets her guard down anytime there's anything going on between them. Yeah, anytime fucking, he's got fingers and, you know, could like... easily take that as an opportunity to fucking rummage around her brain. Well, and maybe, she on the wiser. Yeah, and, but, maybe he, but maybe he's so oblivious. Maybe he's so powerful that he's oblivious to that, that reality. Because he doesn't know she came to time. He doesn't know any of he doesn't know any of that stuff, right? So as long as he doesn't figure that out, he won't he won't dig. So as long no. as there's no suspicion, I don't I think he's just so set on his power that he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't well, tried to get- He was trying to do that earlier on before they got involved. That's just my something. So I, I don't know. Yeah, he was he was doing things like that before they got involved though. Like that's what that's what she said was that like ever since they got involved, he hadn't tried, to her knowledge. 
so that that makes it sound like before uh before they got involved he was trying to like rummage her thoughts and shit i think deep down she wants to like scream and cry and tell him the malfoy that she's scared and she needs him and she doesn't know what she's doing but she's not going to it's one of those things where she she loses all sense whenever she's around riddle but like so whenever it's just her and Malfoy, she's able to actually like for the most part stop and think about what she's doing and think clearly but as soon as riddle comes around all of that is just gone she loses all sense but and she uh, and and she she loses all sense and but but do you but do you do you understand what I'm trying to say about like what she actually wants to do and what she's doing? Like I think that's what she wants to do deep down, knowing her yeah. from all the chapters I've known her so far, ten chapters, fifteen chapters. Yeah. Like I think she wants to just be like, Yeah, you're right. But she's still like every time she's about to, she always says some shit like, But he's a killer too. Or like, but he did this. Or yeah. he's cold. Yeah. And it like and it like pauses her right in her tracks. And then he's always like coming to like actually be like well yeah i did that but you killed two or yeah I did, but i've lost two so it's like you know we're more alike than you think and she doesn't she's i think she's also scared of that i think she's more scared of that than she is a tom riddle which is weird yeah i can see that she's more scared of malfoy being like yeah i have feelings and like you're right and like we actually see then then this dude that's fucking her good and she's like but he's not back yet so yeah. it's like She's got a good dick. This is like literally what she said, almost for lack of better words. Like she's good at sex. So she did say something like that. Yeah. And again, I uh, quote was he's bloody brilliant at sex. Fucking bloody bloody fucking brilliant. And I, I and I'm just waiting for Malfoy to be like, but yeah, you haven't had me yet. <laughs> just waiting for him to be like, oh yeah, but uh, I'm you, better. Yeah, you think he's good. Wait till I pull this schlong out. He's gonna be crying. But I think I think uh, Riddle's now in a sense of where he's comfortable where he's at, and I don't think he's has any suspicion towards anything else, other than the fact that he feels like he owns his girl, and now he owns Malfoy. So yeah, until something happens where it's like, what? Or he gets like a bulb in his head, like wait, that doesn't make sense. Or they slip up and say something. And then he's just like, boom, wait a minute. Something's going on here. And then he starts to dig deep. And that's where, like you said, something could happen explosive where he's like, she turns him even worse. Or she turns him like that. Or this was all, this is what happened all along in right. a weird past time, future timeline thing, thingamabobber. So. Or it was just one of those things where you can't change the timeline, even if you tried to type of thing. So, um. Yeah, that was good. It was a good five chapters. Uh, I feel like we definitely got a lot more insight into uh, the kind of person that Tom is. And we got ever so slightly more backstory on uh, Malfoy as well. We got a little Dumbledore in there. We got a little more Aurelia in there. I dig it. It was a good it was a good dose. It was good just to see other than two people, you know, it was good to see some more interactions. I really liked it again. Again, you know, even today wasn't the best of days, but you know, you, we 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 promised this, and we we're gonna make do on our promise. We're gonna get the get the story out, and that's all that matters. Oh yeah, 
So I think it was a good. I think it was a good day. I think it was a good day. So yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. 